0: Blessings, everybody. This is Dale. Thank you so much for joining with me today on the Word Podcast. We're continuing our examination of the Book of Daniel, and we're up to the sixth chapter. We've seen uh, various accounts and events of things in the life of Daniel. And remember, the first six chapters of Daniel, the first half of it, uh, is the chronology of Daniel's life. Just you know, pulling out little parts and stories and, and events that the the Spirit uh, led Daniel to write down about. And then the balance of the book. Chapter 7 through 12, are dreams and visions that Daniel had during his life, which would have taken place in the first six chapters, right? What we saw at the end of the last chapter was the great handwriting on the wall. That's the end of chapter 5. And that night, Darius the Mede became king over the kingdom. In other words, the Babylonian Empire fell. (laughs) It collapsed. Uh, It was defeated by the Medo-Persian Empire, and the last episode, I got in the details of how that happened a little bit. So now chapter 6 picks up uh, uh, with Darius. Uh, Darius, Darius, you can say it both ways, I think. And uh, the, he, we just see that he's starting to structure his kingdom. But there's one big thing that I want us to see today from this. So let me read the scripture here, and we'll look at that one big thing, okay? Daniel chapter 6, verse 1 says this. It seemed good to Darius to appoint 120 satraps, Over the kingdom, that they would be in charge of the whole kingdom. Now, a satrap is like a governor, just someone over a region of a kingdom, okay? Verse two, and over them, over these 120, over them, three commissioners of whom Daniel was one, that these satraps may be accountable to them, (coughs) and that the king might not suffer loss. So the king is setting up his structure. Okay, setting up his governmental structure. But just think about this for a moment. Remember what happened uh, with Belshazzar in the fifth chapter, the handwriting on the wall incident? Uh, The queen, Queen Mama likely, told him, says, hey, you've got somebody in your kingdom that can interpret that writing on the wall right there. And it looked like he didn't really even know who Daniel was. And then when Daniel came in, uh, the king was acting all snarky and smarmy with him. Are you uh, the Daniel from the... uh, exiles I and mean, the ones that we capture in other words, words from Judah. And so it nearly looks like he didn't know him. But when you look at the balance of, there's no way he didn't know him. There's no way he didn't know the account. Okay. And it looks like Daniel had just sort of been put over to the side. He was no longer in charge of things as he had been in the Babylonian empire. But by the time it was said and done, uh, The king made him third in the kingdom because he was able to interpret the inscription. Well, that night, the king was killed. That night, the kingdoms were transferred from the Babylonians to the Medo-Persians. So what happens to Daniel? Well, here we find Daniel, one of the three commissioners. He's one of the three commissioners in this new uh, kingdom. Now, Daniel was getting to be older. Getting to be a little more aged. We don't know exactly how old he was at this time. We can discern a couple of things. Uh, generally speaking, we're thinking Daniel might have been around 15 years of age you know, when he was captured. We know that they were going to be in Babylonian exile for 70 years because they were going to be exiled in a foreign land for 70 years. When you uh, read the balance of Daniel, which we will, you're going to find out that they're real close to the end of that 70 years. Not quite there, but they're nearly there. But you can nearly say it, that they were at the end of that 70 years. So 15 plus 70 or close to it would be 85. Daniel was likely in his early 80s at this time right here. And so he had wisdom, but he still had strength. He still had vigor, still had ability to lead and to do things. So the king of the new uh, empire placed him as one of the three commissioners. Now, what was the point of these commissioners? to where the king would not suffer any loss. (laughs) He didn't want any any of his satraps taken off and doing anything. Now, here's the big principle that I want us to see. And this is such a good application for each one of us. Daniel is the only uh, person outside of Jesus, outside of God, in the Scripture, to where nothing negative is said about him. Just think about that. Nothing by the hand of the Lord, by the word of the Lord, by God, is said negative about Daniel. Yeah, other people say things negative about Daniel, but the Lord doesn't say anything negative about him. Daniel did what the Lord called him to do, regardless of the situation, regardless of the circumstance. Most of his entire life, he lived in a pagan land. He served pagan kings. And yet he remained faithful to his God in the midst of a pagan society. Huh. Sounds sort of familiar, doesn't it? Sounds like something that we need to do. And the people, the powers that be, saw this. We've already seen how (coughs) Nebuchadnezzar and even the previous kings had described Daniel as one that had an unusual spirit, had the powers of the gods upon him, et cetera, et cetera. Well, this king saw the same thing. Now watch what we see here in verse 3, chapter 6. Then this Daniel began distinguishing himself among the commissioners and satraps because he possessed an extraordinary spirit, and the king planned to appoint him over the entire kingdom. Remember how Daniel had been appointed over all the wise men at the very beginning of the book of Daniel with Nebuchadnezzar? because they were found to be so much better, and also because he was able to interpret the dreams and do all this kind of stuff? Yeah. Daniel was simply doing what God had called him to do. In that process, he was distinguishing himself, not to the point and purpose where he would be distinguishable. No, because he possessed an extraordinary spirit, that distinguishing became evident. And the king here, King Darius, Darius, had plans to appoint him over the entire kingdom. So you had the king, you had the three commissioners, and the three commissioners were over the 120 satraps. He was going to put Daniel in charge of the other two commissioners, or maybe the other three commissioners. He may be creating another thing, the way he'd be over the whole kingdom and have three commissioners. But Daniel was going to be in charge. So here's the thing I want us to see for us today. Regardless of where we are, regardless of where we live, regardless of what type of political society we live in, whatever it is, we can live as servants of the Most High God because we possess an extraordinary spirit, the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit will lead us, will direct us, will distinguish us in the way that He desires The Lord is the one who raises up. The Lord is the one who brings down. There are many, many, many who are strong believers that the Lord has raised up within pagan societies, pagan and worldly political systems, and the Lord has done that to his praise and his honor and his glory. Too often, we're frightened to even think about that. We think there must be somebody wrong who professes to be a believer, and yet they're in environments that are of the world. No, no. Nothing can be further from the truth. Daniel is the example of it. Here he is at the backside of his life, folks. It's never too late. At the end of his life, possessing that extraordinary spirit, distinguishing himself to such a degree that the king was going to place him in charge over the entire kingdom. I wonder what happened next. We'll see in the next episode, okay? Again, I'm Dale. Thank you so much for your time. As always, share about these time with other folks, and I'll see you in the next episode.